I keep meeting my birth mom, but she doesn't know that it's me. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. I'm a 24-year-old male, and my mom had me when she was 14 years old, and she gave me up for adoption. My parents told me about her growing up. I still have the letter that she wrote to me that she asked if they could give it to me if they wanted. It's crazy reading it sometimes and knowing it was a literal child who wrote it, saying that she's sorry that she couldn't be my mommy but she hopes I'm happy. She was open to having contact, but we moved from my dad's job when I was 11, and then it seemed impossible to find her. But luckily, I did. She was working at this small restaurant, and I keep going to it, but she doesn't know that it's me. Sometimes we talk, and she seems like a nice lady. Sometime, when she says something like, Do you want a refill, honey? Or uses another term like that, I want to tell her. I don't know why, it makes me nervous. We talk sometimes, and she seems really genuine. If she's not super busy, she's more open to talking about random stuff. I literally drive two hours to come eat at this place just to see her. And it's like she knows me already because I'm there one or two times a week for the past three months. So she always says hi with a big smile. But man, if only she knew. So eventually, he actually goes and tells her that he is her son. Fast forwarding into the future, this is the update. Well, I did it. I told her and... Yeah, it was pretty heavy. My heart was even beating fast. I kept trying to think of how to tell her. Many of the comments in the last post mentioned writing her a letter just how she wrote a letter for me. Originally, that was the plan, but for me, I felt like I needed to say it. Before I explain it, I want to say thanks for everyone that showed support, mostly to all of the birth parents out there who shared their stories with me. That's what really helped to push me to have the courage to confront her. It meant so much. So everything happened the day before yesterday. I did wait for her to be done with her shift and that was when they were closing the restaurant already. I waited in the parking lot. We said hi when she saw me first but then I told her there was something serious that she needed to know. First I told her I was sorry for keeping it from her for this long. She didn't react at all until I actually pulled out the letter and she started bawling from there like screaming and crying at the same time and didn't even even have to finish the whole I'm your son speech. She just saw it and knew. It was crazy. The next thing I know she's hugging me instantly but then she pulled back and asked if it's okay to hug me. Of course it is and we're just there hugging and crying in this parking lot. It hit her hard though. Her legs gave out for a second so I actually had to help hold her up while she's still hugging me for a minute. What really got me was her saying to me, look how big you got. Also, hearing her cry made me cry too. She went back to open the restaurant up. She wouldn't take no for an answer. We had coffee, ate a slice of their pie inside and talked. We talked about so much stuff. She told me that the second time I came to the restaurant, she got a feeling, but for her, it was hard to believe that it was me. So that feeling she had was pushed way down. She told me that for years after I was adopted, she saw kids that would be my age and used to think that they were me. Then she would be crying in public. It messed with her mind a lot and made her depressed so she didn't want to do the same when she saw me getting her hopes up like that. She says I look so much like my biological dad when he was younger though. We talked about him too. They stayed in contact with each other in case I ever reached out to one of them so it would be easier to contact the other. I didn't have any hope of finding
representing my biological dad since he was never mentioned, so I'm glad they both planned for this future scenario. She told me about how they wanted to keep me, especially my biological dad. He didn't want me to be adopted, but he knew they had to because they were just kids. It took him a long time to get past it after I was born, she told me. That's why he didn't leave anything because he didn't want to believe he might not see me again. We talked for hours till almost 2 o'clock in the morning. They closed at 11 p.m. She just wanted to know everything about me, but her main thing was, am I happy? Were my parents good to me? Did I have a happy childhood? And I did. I told her, thank you for helping to give me this life that I have. We both cried again. She cried the most. Everything was very emotional for her. Sometimes she would look really happy, but then get sad again. After my 18th birthday, she was hoping I would find her and that's why she stayed in the same city. But since I didn't, she always thought that maybe I resented her or that I wasn't told that I was adopted or maybe had decided it was better not to have her around. It made me feel bad for not telling her sooner. She told me it's not my fault and I did right going at my own pace. Honestly, she's so sweet. The way she kept looking at me with the biggest smile, it made me emotional sometimes. It makes you think, how can someone who's been a total stranger your whole life look at you with so much love? It's wild. We learned so much about each other. She kept asking if we could have dinner soon to keep talking. And if at some point in the future, I'm interested to come over to her house and I can meet her husband. That all sounded really great. We exchanged phone numbers and after I left, she sent a text telling me thank you for giving her this gift and that she didn't know if it would ever come. My girlfriend came over and she hugged me while I cried. I wasn't sad, by the way. These were happy tears. Everything went better than I expected. There was still emotionally heavy stuff, but I'm still glad that we got to open up to each other. So, where do you think I should go from here? The whole idea that there are people out there who don't even know you at all, but still love you just because you're you, is amazing, especially when you consider that there are people in your life that you've known since you were born, and they They've known where you were your entire life and could not care less whether you were alive or not, let alone what your interests are or what has been going on in your life. The birth mom in the story here had the baby so incredibly young and the part that was really striking to me was when the OP mentioned the letter from the 14 year old mom who said that she was sorry she couldn't be your mommy. It was really just one kid writing to another kid. It was also surprising to see the level of gratitude that the OP had when he told the birth mom how much he appreciated the fact that she gave him a good life by giving him to this family that has taken such good care of him and loved him for all of these years. Man, this one was very good. It was very uplifting. I hope the OP and the birth mother are able to keep each other in their lives for good. It sure sounds like that's what's going to happen. If any of you guys have ever read the Steve Jobs biography, there's something similar to this that happens in that book. It's been many years since I've read that, so this is not going to be 100% accurate, but more or less what I remember happening is once Steve Jobs becomes famous and successful, he ends up going to this restaurant that he really likes a lot. If you guys don't know, Steve Jobs was also adopted. He always goes to this particular restaurant and eventually he reconnects with his sister and his sister finds their biological dad and the dad when he's explaining his life to his sister because he hasn't seen her in a long time says I have a restaurant now and I even have Steve Jobs as one of my customers not knowing that the person that he was so proud to tell his newly found biological daughter that frequented his restaurant 
was his own son. I remember when I originally read that, it kind of blew my mind. But like I said, it's been years, so I'm sure I mixed up some details there. If any of you guys have read that book, feel free to add any additional information to the comments. I'm sure most of you guys know this by now, but remember, if you guys have stories of your own, you can always submit them via the bottom link of the YouTube description on Am I the Jerk? Not everything will make it into the video, but you never know. So if you were in this situation and you ended up finding your biological parents and they didn't know it was you, how would you handle it? What would you do? And what would you tell the OP to do? Let me know down below. Here's some backstory for this one. The OP runs a business to get police officers trained and certified for the local county. While trying to be friendly to a cop passing by, the OP waves at him and the police officer goes nuts, completely overboard on a power trip, pulls over the OP and humiliates him, issuing him a ticket for waving because he took one hand off the steering wheel. Then, in the future, that same cop has to come in for certification training. He explains that he was just going by the book. And now that cop thinks that he's buddy-buddy with the OP. But the OP has already planned out his elaborate revenge. And that is the recap of what's happened so far. To hear the full thing, click the playlist at the top of the description and check out the video right before this one. So here is how the revenge goes down. The state certifications are a bit simple. So when I started doing this, I met with local union lawyers, training officers, and some reps for our area. And we came up with a standard that surpasses the minimum state requirements, which they in turn use to negotiate better benefits so everyone wins. The standards we decided on not only test for accuracy, but also introduces a bit of real world problem solving that the officers have to contend with. The first is done in full duty gear with both hands on the piece at 10 yards. After running 25 yards within two minutes, you have to be able to draw your piece from crouch cover, fire 10 rounds, reload a magazine loaded by me with a false round randomly placed in it to cause a malfunction, clear that malfunction and get 10 more rounds on the target from standing cover. The second is the same drill, but in reverse, but done with only one one hand on the piece and in under three minutes. In both of these drills, 15 of the 20 shots must be within the number eight ring of the target and all rounds must hit the target. And the third is a dot torture drill that must be cleared at 90% within 10 minutes and you have three attempts at it. It doesn't sound too tough if you're an avid shooter, but trust me, under pressure, with your job in the balance, it can be rough. See, the policy around here is that the county pays for your first test and if an officer fails to recertify, then they either choose two weeks unpaid leave or sit at the office and do paperwork at a reduced pay for two weeks. Then they have to pay out of pocket to try again. Of course, it is encouraged that they come to me for help, but being that I am not a charity, some choose to practice on their own, which is fine. If they fail a second time, the sheriff can cut them loose without any issues from the union and the officer has to wait one year to even be considered for rehire or relocate to a different area that doesn't have these standards or the sheriff orders them to come to my training and I work with them until we know they will pass. After that second failure, the officer's job lies entirely in the hands of their boss, being that these tests are a bit tasking for most shooters. And even though I log way more range time than any officer I know, it helps when you own the range, I can still occasionally fail the dot torture drill. I will show mercy for most of them if they seem like a decent person who's just out of practice or nervous and not to be a jerk when it comes to scoring if they are 
close to a failing score. Counting line breaks as hits when I don't have to, forgetting to hit the stopwatch button if their cadence is just a second or two slow. I decided the moment he signs the papers that there would be no such mercy for this D-bag. I fully expected him to burn through ammo practicing at home after his last performance, and while I doubted anything was actually wrong with his sights, I wasn't willing to risk being wrong there when I had such a golden opportunity to do some true community service. I even bought a new set of digital calipers, deciding that if he was so much as one-tenth of an inch off on any shot placements at the line, I would mark them as a miss and prove that I was just going by the book. My mind was made up that since I couldn't get this guy off the force completely, I would go by the book and at least get him off of any of the people that were close around me and he would have to perform like an absolute pro to avoid it. The day finally comes where he has to test and he shows up wearing shorts and a tap out t-shirt with only his piece and duty belt empty of everything else. No vest, no range bag, no radio, no eye or ear protection, no cuffs, OC spray or taser. Not a thing that he knew he was supposed to have. After pointing out these issues, he huffs and says, Well, I brought everything that's important. Let's just get this over with. Mind you, I could have failed him right then and there for non-compliance. I had a copy of his signature on the paperwork stating that he owned all required gear and would bring it with him for the test and that he would be dressed to listed standards on testing day. But that just wouldn't have been satisfying enough for me. I wanted to make absolutely sure that anyone who looked into it would see that he himself was the failure. That this loud mouth bolstering piss stain wasn't fit to the standards of his peers and his mother shouldn't have had him 25 years ago and done society a favor. Not that he failed due to circumstantial or bureaucratic nonsense beyond his control. I let the clothing slide and loaned him some rental safety gear, which he complained about wearing but eventually put on. After getting it all sorted and noting all this in his charts, I let him take his test. And wow, am I glad that I did. If he hadn't made me see him for the turd that he is, I would have felt sad for him. As it stands, I worried I may develop muscle issues from holding back my grin. He failed the first test immediately due to sheer ineptitude. When the buzzer sounded, first he tripped over his own feet and ate the ground face first, full scorpion. Then after getting up and continuing while drawing from crouch, he somehow managed to catch his front sight or barrel on his holster opening and sent his piece tumbling through the dirt. Then fell over when he tried to lean over and get it. Losing control of it is an instant test stop. So I sounded the buzzer. Holding back laughter and putting on my plate carrier instead of just a level 3 vest in case this fool fired a random round my way, I gave him a second chance even though I already had what I needed. Mostly because I wanted to have irrefutable proof that he failed on his skills, not accidental circumstances. While he managed to keep hold of it this time, he struggled to clear his misfire costing him too much time for his slow cadence earlier and only two shots were in the number eight and four completely missed the target. For the first time ever, someone had failed the first test on all three metrics. I have had people come to me for the first time who have never shot before or with a legitimate fear to overcome who could outperform this arrogant jerk waffle. After listening to him try to make excuses, complain, demand, and then beg for me to give him another chance, I told him that I couldn't and he failed. That my report was getting sent in and he would have to talk to his training officer and we could go from there. He exploded in anger and started calling me anything he could think of, claiming I was only doing this because of the ticket that he gave me. Part of 
why I wanted so much proof. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And then cursing me in some honestly creative ways while slamming his fist into my wall like a petulant tween. And then he told me he was going to make sure you regret this while pointing at me and my staff in the other room. By now, a couple of my regulars, my range master and the local brass goblin have all made it over to watch through the window and listen to the exchange. Knowing I have him on camera with the audio punching a hole in my wall and I have witnesses, a new thought came to me when I heard him say this. And I decided to steer him just the way I wanted him to go. All I had to do was ask if what he said was a threat. And this dum-dum responded with, You bet your booty it is! And to my surprise, reached out and gave me a shove. I sidestepped him and he stumbled past, which pissed him off even further. I told him then and there to get the F off my property and that he wasn't welcome back. I looked at this sack of poop straight in the eye and informed him that he just sealed his fate now since at this point he would have to beg to be sent to the other facility and I would make certain my report recommended he never work as an officer again and should they ignore my advice I would be raising my prices to better reflect the training they get here. He then decided to spit at me and swing at me this time not want to miss an opportunity and easily outweighing him by 50 to 60 pounds I raised my guard and the moment his arm made contact with mine I used his momentum and my muscle to send him over my shoulder and directly into the ground with all I could muster. I channeled my ancestors and the ancient gods of their homeland into that throw, fully intending to leave a wily coyote-esque crater in my floor. Rolling him onto his back and then sitting atop him in full mount position, I watched a wannabe tough guy try to remember how to breathe after meeting the ground that hard and immediately cry like a little baby and beg for his life. When he looked past me to see my range master, a 310 pound, six foot six, tatted up retired marine with our less lethal training shotgun. It is bright green, kind of unmistakable as less lethal in one hand, level two officer D-bag's head and his phone in the other already talking to the guy's boss. Apparently my range master had been watching everything from his office on the security feed and when officer D started punching walls, my boy immediately picked up the phone and called the sheriff, grabbing the shotgun on his way out as he came to us. When all was said and done, I got to watch him get hauled off my property by his boss in cuffs and read his rights since, yes, I will be pressing charges. He assaulted me, threatened me and my employees, damaged my property, and I had all the evidence I needed to prove it. Later, when I asked my range master why he brought the green piece into play since the guy wasn't really a threat, he reluctantly told me that he brought it for me. Apparently, in all of the times we have known each other, he had never seen me come 
come unglued like that. He said, boss, you're the kindest and quietest man I know. And in my experience, when a man like you gets angry, even the devil himself would piss his pants to get away. He admitted that his plan was to nail me with a beanbag or two if he needed to and try to turn my attention to him. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't happy to know that I had made my friend feel that way, but it did feel good in an odd way to have a certified badass feel like he needed a tool to stand against me. I gave the man a raise for his honesty and willingness to protect others no matter the cost to himself. After all, that's a rare quality and it should be rewarded. And to this day, I refuse to spar with him because I never want him to 100% know that he could take me without it. Despite all the evidence and testimony against him, Officer D-Bag ended up getting a pretty good plea deal, but he will never be able to be a police officer or legally own a firearm again, so I consider it a win. His wife filed for divorce for domestic violence while he was awaiting his court date, and thankfully they had no children together, so it was granted without issue, and he has no rights to see her kid. He moved away immediately after his hearing, and the last I heard, he makes minimum wage working at a gas station somewhere up north. Was I the jerk? I just can't believe that the cop didn't practice after that horrible failing of his previous attempt in the range. Or maybe he did, and this is as good as it got. In the end, the OP's very meticulous plan for revenge didn't really even need to be pushed any further. He thought he was going to have to use digital calipers to measure the distance to prove that he was off, but the guy failed all three of the tests back to back to back. Probably the most surprising part of the entire thing was the fact that the cop exploded and assaulted the OP while knowing he was on camera. If he loses his temper in a situation like that, I can't even imagine how he would be out in the field. So let me know how you would have handled the situation. Was it too much? Was it too little? What would you have done? Let me know down below. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.